Thank you so much for listening in to the Phenomena NDE near-death experience hosted by me, Kathy Lee Parker. And I'm sitting here with Cade. She has an amazing story to tell, and we're going to go right now. So, Cade, tell me, start telling us. First of all, where are you from? You're in, in Europe, somewhere in Europe, in England. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I'm near the White Cliffs of Dover. Wow, that sounds beautiful. And uh, it is. And your experience happened when you were forty-six years old. And yes. What year was that? Forty-six. When you were forty-six. Oh, I'm. I, I don't remember the year. I'm. I'm seventy-six now. So okay. It was Thirty years ago. But you were forty-six when it happened. Okay, I can yes. I can look that up for you. So, is this? I'm going to let you take the stage and first of all tell us a little bit about you and uh, and then go into your uh, amazing personal experience. Thank you. Um, well, I'm 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 just um, a mother. I, I well, I'm retired at the moment, but at the time. Um, it was school holidays, school vacations, so I, um, my, I had two grown-up children, and my little boy was four and a half years old, and he was with his daddy, and I was traveling the med, mm -hmm. and d d had done that for six weeks, and um, stopped off in this um, B&B on the way home, and um, it... It was early morning. The dawn had just come up, and I, I was awake. I really wanted a coffee, but I, I didn't want to disturb my partner lying at my side. So I just lay there waiting for him to wake up, and I, I was just thinking about the holiday we just had and um, getting home to my children because I had presents for them and lots of things to tell them. Um and um, as I was thinking about lots, lots of things, as as you do, you know, um, all of a sudden my my chest started to hurt, and my breathing became a bit difficult. And I thought, well, I'll just stay calm, and it'll go because it had happened many times before, and it just passed. So, but this time it didn't. And then all of a sudden, it was as if an elephant stamped down hard on my chest or a concrete concrete block had fallen on my chest. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally catapulted out of my physical body. I shot out of my body. It was actually amazing. And I, I was at the side of my body looking down over it. I was to the right of it a little bit above it, I was in, oh, I was totally in shock, and um, I was bemused, and uh, I was full of curiosity as well, and I stared at my body for a long time, uh -huh. until I got fed up looking at it, you know, the novelty wore off, and I thought to myself, what am I going to do now, what do I do now, mm -hmm. I, my body's obviously dead, but I'm not dead, I'm here. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And um, I looked around the bedroom. I was aware of the bedroom. Um, then I looked at my partner, and that was disturbing because he was he was clouded in 
like a blanket of darkness. I couldn't see him because of the darkness that was around him. Mm-hmm. And then something in the corner of the room to the left of me caught my eye. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, what's that? It was like um, a grey blob of mist, something like that. And, and as I was thinking this, it pulled me in, it drew me into it, pulled me into it mm-hmm. very quickly, through it, and then I found myself in a dark tunnel. But, but the dark tunnel wasn't scary, wasn't frightening, it was comforting. Mm-hmm. But I was through that very quickly. Did you feel any then air? I found myself in a vortex. Was there any air or anything? Did you feel like a breeze that you were going through? The dark No, tunnel? no. I felt. I, it isn't as if I had a physical body. I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that today, actually. I didn't feel hot or cold or breeze or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But then I found myself in this vortex, and my arms were outstretched in front of me. But I didn't do that. But I couldn't see my arms in front of me, but I knew they were outstretched in front of me. And I I was speeding through this vortex. And as I was speeding through it, it became lighter and lighter. And I could see a pin prick of light way off in the distance. And it looked as if it was thousands of miles no off way. in the distance. Really? And it was sort of ahead of me, not quite up, it, not over my head. You know, I wasn't looking up at it. it but mm, I, I can't explain that bit. Mm-hmm. But it was way off in the distance, thousands of miles away, this pin prick of light. And I knew I was going to reach it, and I wanted to reach it. It was a beautiful, fresh, clean sort of light. Mm-hmm. And then as I was traveling very, very, very fast, speeding so fast, um, the vortex not only was becoming lighter and lighter, but all of a sudden beautiful colors were enveloping me, mm-hmm. surrounding me as I traveled. And I thought, oh, this is wonderful. I like this. Uh And traveled on a long way. And then somebody or something joined alongside me, a person, a being. Uh But I didn't see see this person or this being. Uh I just knew it was there. And I knew it was traveling with me. And I knew it it was a man. It was male. It had a male energy. Well, I, I didn't think of the words energy then. I've learned that word, you know, uh-huh. over but time. But how can you know it was a male? I mean, what's the difference? How between... do I know? I do not know. I don't know how Your I instincts knew it was, it was male. Uh-huh. Okay. So. I can't hear you so well, so excuse me if I keep talking. Okay, that's okay. So, so the, it was a male um, person that you felt, and uh, uh, what happens after that? Well, I knew that I knew that this being, person, whatever it was, this male was escorting me, was there to escort me, 
And all of a sudden I heard this voice, but the voice seemed to be coming from outside of the vortex. And it was a male voice. And it was very beautiful. And it reminded me of my late grandfather's voice. He did have a lovely voice, but so did his sons. So it might have been one of those as well, because their voices were very similar. And this booming voice said to me, booming out to me, your body is indeed dead, but you are safe. Oh. And I thought, well, I know my body's dead. I know I'm safe. I'm all right, thank you. <laughs> and just continued to um, zoom through this vortex with my escort at the side of me, but I couldn't turn to look look at him. Uh -huh. I don't know whether that's because I was speeding so fast or, or, or what, I don't know. Uh -huh. So travelled on for a oh, long, long way, and I was really enjoying it. I knew I was to reach that pinprick of light, which was getting bigger as I speeded, but I wasn't in a hurry because I was enjoying this vortex. Mm -hmm. the experience. I didn't have any pain. That was all gone. I felt very free. Wow. Nice. Oh, I didn't care about what I'd left behind. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't interested in, the, in that, what I'd left behind. And I mean, I, I had a good life and I had three wonderful children, two adults and a small little boy. And um, uh, then I remembered, I remembered my family. I remembered my adult daughter and my adult son. And as I remembered them, I suddenly, while I was still traveling in this vortex at great speed, I suddenly became a part of my daughter's unconscious consciousness. That makes sense. I was inside her consciousness. Oh. And that that just blows me away. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful. It was very beautiful. I didn't know that I didn't know my children loved me so much. The love I could feel coming from her subconscious mind was was overwhelming. And I told her I was sorry to leave her. Um but that you know, I had to leave her. I told her I loved her. And I told her that we would be together again because I knew, I knew then that we don't die. I knew she'd be with me when it was her time. And um, I said goodbye. That was very emotional. And um, carried on speeding through the vortex. And then I became part of my son's unconscious consciousness. I was inside his his mind, and it was exactly the same experience. Um, I was overwhelmed by the love he had for me, um, which uh, was, and I said goodbye to him, and I told him I loved him. Uh -huh. And uh, back in my, well, I hadn't left my vortex. I, while I was part of their consciousness, I was still speeding towards the light, and so travelled on. Oh, long, long way, and the light was getting bigger and bigger, and I was quite happy, you know, I, I knew I'd reach it, but I wasn't in a hurry, mm -hmm. and um, 
then I almost reached it. And it was, oh, the, my vortex then, the walls of my vortex became sort of transparent uh -huh. so that I could see outside of it. And what I could see was a, was a universe. It was a universe. Mm -hmm. wow. And continued on. And then I reached the end. I actually reached the edge of my vortex. Uh-huh. And, and I, was, I was on the edge of my vortex, or the vortex, and what loomed up in front of me uh -huh. was a huge, huge, awesome, beautiful planet. Uh-huh. And I knew... I had to cross over into it, mm -hmm. and I knew all my late loved ones, including animals and the birds I'd had, I, they were all there, and they were waiting for me. I could feel, I couldn't see them, I could feel their love for me. I, I could, it, it was like telepathy, you see, when, it's telepathy, through the mode of telepathy, Mm -hmm. Because um, when that being spoke to me and said, this need, um, it said your body is indeed dead, you know, um, but you're safe. Mm -hmm. That that was telepathic with the voice, not the words. Yes, but the words had the voice with it. Mm -hmm. So I was on the edge, and I was of my vortex, and I was, I was, you know, staring at this this beautiful planet-like world. It was like the world, but it was different as well. Uh-huh. And, and then I remembered my little boy. He was only four and a half years old, and I'd forgotten all about him. And Aww. I mean, he was my reason for being, you know, I, I, I loved him, you know. He was my little boy, and I'd forgotten all about him. And I said to the being, my escort, I said, oh, What's going to happen to my little boy now? Who's going to look after him? Mm -hmm. And with that, I was about turned and I could see right back through my vortex. I could see right back through the dark tunnel. And there stood my little boy. And he was sobbing his heart out because he wanted to be home with his mother. He probably... <laughs> He loved his father, and his father loved him, but he wanted to be with his mother because he was in and out of hospital a lot. Mm -hmm. He had asthma, and he also had a bowel problem. Oh. So he was often ill. So he probably didn't feel very well at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I went into some sort of... As I looked at him, I went into some sort of shock. Mm -hmm. Shock with grief. Oh. Because I didn't want to leave him. And as I was feeling this, I heard this beautiful voice that sounded like my grandfather or one of my late uncles. And it said to me, booming from outside somewhere of the vortex, and it said to me, this need not be your time. You decided. Uh -huh. And then wow. I was speeding back through the vortex. It, speeding faster than I'd been speeding coming, I think, and it didn't feel uncomfortable. It, it felt okay, but not as nice. 
Mm-hmm. But then, oh, and as I was speeding, I thought, well, I didn't know I decided to come back. I don't want to go back. But then I couldn't leave my little boy, could I? If no. there was a chance, you know, I could come back into my body. I, I, I wasn't going to leave him like that. So mm-hmm. I suppose I had made that decision. Um, then I got to the dark tunnel. I got to this dark tunnel. And as I was going through it, mm-hmm. it felt scary and dark. It mm-hmm. felt horrible. And I panicked. I was panicking, uh-huh. but I got through it very quickly, and then I was back in my body, utterly amazed, utterly amazed. It just changed my life, changed my family's life. Um, it gave me courage, and I got into my body, and my body took a breath, mm-hmm. and then it was breathing beautifully, and it breathed beautifully for about. Where were you? Were you in the house? Were you in the hospital? Where where were you? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Were you in the hospital? Where were you? Oh no! Oh no! I wasn't in the hospital. You know, I I I I wasn't actually home, but I was with my partner in bed. You know, I was just waiting for for him to wake up because I'd woken up early because I was excited because we were on the last lap of reaching home. Um, we didn't live together, you see. Um, so, so no. But, of course, I did go and seek medical help. And it was discovered that I was a, a silent asthmatic. So now, um, well, I hardly ever use it now, but I'm on a nebulizer. I'm on um, steroids and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, I later discovered that my late father had been a silent asthmatic and it's actually one of the things he died of on his death certificate so i obviously inherited it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when i was a late teenager i would often um what what they call today out of body experiences but obviously it was a lack of oxygen um and it always happened at nights usually mm-hmm. if i was lying on my back and I would wake up because I would find myself leaving my body and being at the ceiling, looking back at it, and then zooming back into my body. Did and you, I said to my did mother you recognize, one day because she'd been a, uh-huh. sorry? Did you recognize the body? Did you look at it like, wow, that's unique? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's me. Uh, um. But I, I, say, I asked my mother, because she'd been a state-registered nurse during the war, the Second World War, I said, you know, why does that happen to me? And she laughed, and she said, oh, you're probably anemic, and we'll Aww. get you some iron tablets and some vitamin C. That, that helps the iron go around your body. And <laughs> so I just accepted that. How silly of me. Hmm. I accepted that. Well, <laughs> um. Um, these experiences. Kate, Kate, we're going to go into a commercial break and we're going to be right back after these messages. So hold your thoughts. Hold on. Talk to you in a moment. Okay. Hey, this is Brian with Better Accounting. Do you know how much money you will owe in taxes? Do you just blindly save money here and there and hope it is enough to cover your tax bill? There is a better way. 
Wouldn't it be nice if you could go into the tax season knowing exactly what your tax bill will be? Or better yet, wouldn't it be nice to make smaller payments throughout the year so you are not scrambling to pay your taxes? Better Accounting is the proactive solution to business taxes and accounting. Our team believes in regular communication with our clients. We meet with our clients multiple times throughout the year. Effective tax planning does not just happen during the tax season. If you are looking for a hands-on partner in your business, give Better Accounting a call. Call our office at 385-257-8866 or check out our website at betteraccounting.com. We work in all 50 states. Again, give us a call at 385-257-8866. We look forward to working with you. Hi, my name is Drusilla. I am the founder and owner of Drusilla's Closet. I've created a unique system to organize your pantry and kitchen. The system also works great in various parts of your home and garage. Also in my closet, I have unique furniture, art, and decor. You can find us on Facebook, Drusilla's Closet, or call at 435-224-9266. Hi there, I'm Nana Pete, and I'm the author and illustrator of The Greater Understanding. The Greater Understanding is a book that's great for families, individuals, young and old alike, it's available on my website at www.nanapete.com. Nana is N-A-N-N-A-Pete.com for $19.95. We also support Farm Rescue and their foundation, and we donate 25% of the proceeds to their foundation. Thank you so much for staying with us. We're talking about the near-death experience that Katie, Kate had in, when she was 46 years old. So Katie, so your experience is unique and very personal, and I'm very thankful that you're sharing it with us. And uh, you went through the tunnel, now you're, now you're back into your body, and you, have you had these in and out experiences, you know, with your body when you were younger too, is that correct? Yes, yes, but they were very fleeting. Nothing like the um, the one at the age of forty six, because my body actually died. I know it died. Mm -hmm. When you woke up, when you came back to your body, when you woke up, was there anybody around you? Did you have family or anybody? Oh well, my my partner was still asleep at the side of me, and. Oh, you see, before before it happened, when, when I felt as if a concrete block had dropped on my chest, you know, or an elephant had stamped on it. No, but no, I'm, I'm talking about, that, Kate, I'm talking I about to, when you came back to the body. When you came back, yes, was there anybody around you or your your partner was still asleep? Only and, him. Only him. Yeah, but and did I, he, I, was he aware? Were I, you? I tried to wake him up, but I couldn't wake him up. Before it happened, I couldn't wake him up because I couldn't speak and I couldn't move. But then afterwards, okay. um, I felt wonderful when I came back into my body. So I didn't disturb him. I waited until he woke up. But 
that 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 was on a Sunday. So on the Monday, um, I went to A and E and explained everything, and um, it it took a while, but it was discovered that I was a serious. I was a, well, a serious, but also a silent asthmatic, and that's when um, I was put on um, prednisolone, you know, steroids, and and um, and the um, the emergency first aid um, um, inhaler, and then eventually a nebulizer, mm-hmm. um, which I, I still take to this day. But I've never had I haven't had that experience since, and I haven't had the um, little out of body, you know, lack of oxygen experiences either mm-hmm. since then. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you know. Uh, I, I'm amazed I came back, but it was apparently I was told this need not be your time. You decided I was given the choice to come back or not. So obviously my body was still able to take me back. But if I had stepped over from the edge of my vortex into uh, that amazing planet that we call, I think it's the planet we call heaven, mm-hmm. I would not have been able to come back. Uh-huh. Um, I've had, but since coming back, something in my mind, my brain has been opened up because I've had so many amazing paranormal experiences since coming back. Uh-huh. Um, not long after coming back. Oh, well, first, before I tell you that, the reason why I saw my ex in darkness that he was blocked off from me was because I later discovered what um a, what a very um dangerous bad person he was mm-hmm. and the harm he'd done to so many people so and eventually I got away from him eventually thankfully and um then um one day I walked into, I I was in an apartment, uh, a flat all on one level. So I walked from sitting room into the bedroom um, to uh, get my little store of chocolate, which I kept in my bedside drawer um, for when I watched the afternoon film that started at 3.15 in the afternoon every day for five days. That always happened back then on our televisions and um I thought I'm going to watch the film before I start preparing the evening meal so I walked in the bedroom to 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 get my chocolate and there to the right of me in mid-air something clicked on it was as if a video clicked on it was um like a hologram a vision and I saw this long shining highly polished table um, and there were six people sitting round it, four men and two women, and a gentleman on the end with white hair and very blue eyes. And and the people around the table were laughing at something he was saying. He was keeping them enraptured by some story or other. But I couldn't grasp what, what was being said. I could only hear the laughter. And, um, oh, I enjoyed looking at it. Then it just... It just clicked off as if somebody had switched it off. Uh And that was amazing. Uh So I got my chocolate, went in the sitting room, 
sat down, turned television on to watch the film, but I couldn't take a I didn't see the film because, and I didn't eat my chocolate because I was in shock. Uh-huh. So I only told one person about it, my best friend, and she said, she laughed and she said, I think you'd better go and see a doctor. So I didn't tell anybody else. And then almost three weeks later, I um, I, I did a trip. I, I discovered the little town I'm living in now, Seaside Town, and um I took a trip to, to do some shopping, but I didn't leave home until gone three o'clock. And um, by five o'clock, everything closes up in this little town. But um, I did my shopping and I took a bit longer over it than I expected. And uh, so I usually went for a couple of coffees then mm-hmm. after doing my shopping. But the cafe had closed up and shops were closing up. Which is fine. I thought I'd just go back to the car. I had a little dog in the car as well, waiting for me. She she is a lovely little thing, Scotty dog. She'd just fall asleep in the back seat. She was wonderful. She's gone now. And um, I um, but I was crossing the road, and I had another asthma attack out of the blue, and I felt in my pocket, and I'd forgotten my inhaler. Um, I managed to get to the other side of the road, and I leaned against this wall. Uh, there was no one about. Uh, there was a young man, a chap, walking the other side of the road. And he looked at me, but he didn't come and help me. And then it dawned on me. I realised I was leaning against the wall of a pub, a public house, a tavern, you know. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, gosh, he probably thinks I'm drunk. And then I remembered that the chap in the second-hand bookshop some time earlier had said, if you want a good coffee, you go to this particular establishment and I thought I'd never go in there I wouldn't go in a pub yeah I hadn't been brought up that way not on my own wouldn't go in one on my own and Uh um but apparently they did good coffee and coffee has theophylline in it which is in the uh, bronchodilators for asthma it's the same ingredient so if ever you can't get your inhalers have a couple of coffees it works wonders. So I thought, well, if I can get to the door and uh, get in there and have a couple of coffees and a rest, I'll probably be able to get back to my dog in my car, you know, get back to the car. Uh-huh. And I managed it. I got to the door and somebody came to my rescue, helped me in and got me to the only seat in the establishment because there were people standing around with drinks in their hands. Um, that was the only available seat. And um, I had two coffees and then a rest. And then my chest, you know, all the tubes. Because theophylline in the coffee opens up the tubes in the chest, going to the lungs. So I could get more oxygen into, into my lungs and my heart, you know. Okay. And um, I looked up and everybody was staring at me. So I thought, well, I've got a newspaper in my bag. So... I took that out and I was pretending to read the newspaper. I thought, well, I'll read that until I feel well enough to get back to my car. And um, so I, I, I did that for a while. And then when I felt a lot better, I looked up again. And there to the right of me was the long table with the four, with the, with the four men and the two women. I knew their faces. I knew their voices. I knew their laughter. And the gentleman on the end with the white hair and, and the 
gorgeous blue eyes and he was keeping them enthralled by what he was saying and again I couldn't quite grasp what they were saying and um, I was staring and I was staring so much that one of the women looked at me enough to say well what are you looking at you know so I so I pretended to read my newspaper again for a while and then when I felt right I can get back to my car now I got up picked up my bags and uh, I felt a hand on my left elbow and somebody said to me could I help you to the door I could see that you didn't seem very well when you came in can I help you with your with your bags with your shopping and I knew who the person was before I looked up it was a gentleman with a white hair sitting at the end of that long table and he and, uh, uh, you know, I nodded and he took me to the, the door, but he not only took me to the door, he took me to my car and, um, oh, I didn't want to leave him. And he became my husband, my late husband, because he, he, he died since, you know, uh-huh. and I've never known such happiness. And, and other things have happened. I don't know if you're trying to interrupt me because I can't hear you. No, no, you're wonderful. You're doing wonderful. You're doing wonderful. Oh, thank you. Well, I must I must tell you and your, your listeners this. Um, again, in the same apartment, um, no, before that happened, actually, I was in a house before that happened. Um, I'd, uh, I was escorting a hundred children with some other teachers. I wasn't a teacher. I was a teacher's assistant, uh, just, just so that I could be close to my little boy and look after him when he wasn't well in school, you know. So I did that voluntary. And um, we were taking a hundred children to Paris, you know, in France. And uh-huh. um, it was a day trip because in those days it was easy to just jump on the ferry across the channel and back you know all in one day and um but the night before I'd um I hurt my ankle and it was late it was about nine nine o'clock at night it was a, might have been a bit later and um the edge of a gas um connecting pipe it it was it was uh, the gas was cut off but it went into my ankle and my ankle swelled up and I thought well it's too late to get somebody else to take my place I'll wait until morning and it'll probably be it'll probably be a lot better the swelling will probably go down you know and by the morning it was it was a lot better uh-huh. but by the time I got back from that trip to Paris um, that night, oh, it was all swollen up. It was awful. Oh, and the, the children were so wonderful coming back, you know, because of my foot, you know. Uh, they were little angels, you know. They, they were feeding me chocolate, and I was telling them stories, and it was lovely on the ferry. Um, uh-huh. But um, I got home that that night. My little boy went to his daddy. Um, his dad, daddy uh, was a really good father, even though we were divorced. And... Um, and I was in the house on my own, and I couldn't go upstairs. The bathroom was upstairs, but I couldn't, I couldn't go upstairs, and because the bedroom was upstairs. So I decided to sleep downstairs, on the settee, on the sofa, and which I did. And then five o'clock in the morning, I needed to, to use the bathroom, and I, I thought, oh, what's going on there? Something was going on at the end of my bed, and I looked, and it was my late mother. Uh, she'd been dead oh, oh, a couple of decades because she died youngish and um and I looked and it was her but she was standing between 
the back of the sofa and the wall, but the, the sofa was flush to the wall. So that was a physical impossibility, but that's where she was. But her arms, her arms were going through my leg, literally going through my leg about three times. And I was, I was staring in amazement. And then the penny dropped. My, my injured foot had caught down between, between the settee and the hard cushion. And um, it was stuck. And then when I, when I realized what she was trying to do or get me to do, um, I sat up and with my, with my arms, with my hands, I lifted my foot out gently. And as I was doing that, she was fading away. And I was saying, oh, mum, 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 please don't go. Don't go, please. By the time I finished saying it, she'd faded away. Okay. And then uh, two years later in my, in my apartment, in my flat, I, I, I walked into the sitting room. Again, I was going to watch the television. And I walked towards my armchair. And my mother was behind it. Oh, but this time I saw her through a veil of beautiful pastel colours, pastel colours, like silvers and blues and pinks. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. She was behind this veil of colours. And the love, the love that was emanating from her, I could feel all this love. It was amazing. It was overpowering love. Mm -hmm. And... As I look, was watching her, she was fading away. And again, I was saying, Mum, Mum, please don't go. Don't go. Please don't go. But she went. Mm -hmm. I was in shock. I, and, but, but other things have happened as well. Um, my beloved um, late friend, um, well, more than, more than that, really, we were engaged for four years. He was a very eminent, um, very eminent specialist in the medical field. And... Um, but um, we took too long to make things legal, and um, he started to have strokes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, well, I, ha I had to hand him over to his family, and they looked after him. Um, which He lived a long way away, his family did, and, um, well, eventually I moved on. And, um, well, of course, then I'd met my, my late husband, you know, I'd married him, and... Um, well, my late husband became very ill one day. Um, I was looking after him, very busy, and um, I walked into the sitting room of the property I'm living in now, and um, I was tending to him because he wasn't well. And my beloved late friend, well, he wasn't late at the time, but I didn't know that. Um, he came to me during one of his seizures. Apparently, he'd had a seizure at that time, and he'd obviously left his either had an out-of-body experience or had um, an NDE, as I had, had had, you know. And I felt him at the side of me, to the left of me, and I thought, oh, I can't, you know, I must be imagining things. I'm too busy. And I carried on, and then I felt him again, very strongly. So I turned to my left to look, look at him, and as I turned to look at him, he was fading away. And I thought he had died. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a couple of years later I learned that he'd had a seizure of that time. At that time, he had, he did die, but not, not, not actually then. That, that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. the, the feeling of love from him was wonderful. That was amazing. Cade, then, Cade, um, Cade. Sorry. I. What tell us about the planet? You know, the planet Earth that you saw that. 
when you had one of your yes. experience. Tell me, tell us about that. What was that like? Oh, that was that I reached the edge of my vortex, and I was I knew I don't know how I knew, but I knew my next step was to be in that planet. I was to go to that planet. I don't know how I knew these things, um, but it loomed up in front of me suddenly uh-huh. at the edge of the vortex. But it was it, it, it was Earth-like, but not Earth-like, and I don't know how to explain it. It was pristine. Uh-huh. It was inc- it was colourful, pristine, uh-huh. Earth-like, but not like Earth. Okay. I can't explain it anymore. And it was it was huge, absolutely huge. But I could feel telepathically and by a feeling of love that all my late loved ones and my animals, my late animals and my late birds uh-huh. were waiting for me. I knew that and I could feel them and I could feel their love. And then I remembered my little boy. Uh-huh. And, of course, I asked, you know, who's going to look after him now? Who's going to take care of him now? And then I was about turned, you know. And then then when I saw my little boy, uh-huh. you know, could see down through the vortex and the dark tunnel, I could see him. And then the voice, the booming, beautiful voice said to me, this need not be your time, you decided. Uh-huh. And then I, I, obviously I sped back into my body. But I, uh, I didn't want to come back. But having come back into my body, I was over the moon. I was so happy. I was elated because now I knew. Well, I knew. I know now we don't die. Actually, I had been one of these religious freaks. I had studied theology for five years. Uh-huh. I'd been into all that in my late tw- in my early twenties um, before I got married. But now I do not follow any religion because all all that matters to me now is spirituality, the great universal um, being, that consciousness. We everything is to do with the great universal consciousness. Don't ask me how I know that, but I know it. I knew it in my vortex. Kate, I have a no question. I have a question to ask you. Even though you were very religious before all this took place, when you were 46, before you were 46 and everything, but don't you think religious, being religious, knowing who the higher power is and et cetera, doesn't you think that helped you because you received this experience? You know, because um, I've had... I don't pe- know. I- I've had people on my show that have talked, you know, so far, have talked about you know, the savior, angels, um, you know, their loved ones and things like that. But I think, to my opinion, from listening to everybody so far, I have many coming on soon, and it's relating to if they didn't have a spiritual experience, I mean, not spiritual, know who the savior was, know who the apostles, know things about the Bible, these experiences would not you know, come come to pass. You know, they had to know something no. to receive such my experience. My experience was different. Okay. No, my experience was not religious at all. 
I did not feel any religion. I just felt love and the great universal being. I didn't. I just felt love. So, but I was it was it when you felt the love? Was it like warm, like someone's putting their arms around you? Did it feel comforting? Yeah. Um. Yes, it was like that, but different as well. It was. It was an engulfing of my soul, my spirit soul, if that means anything. But I do appreciate religions because I think society today has lost its way because because they're not brought up to appreciate that there is there, Life after there death. is um you know a God. There is a God. The great universal consciousness is is what we call God, isn't it? But it's not a little man with a white beard sitting on a throne or anything like that. You know, and, and I, I see, I don't understand how people have these NDEs and say they go into hell because that, that didn't happen to me. But my late brother, well, we were brought up very, very religiously, very strict. Mm-hmm. And if any, if, well, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to my brothers and my cousins. When they did anything wrong, they were locked in a dark coal house where the coal was kept and they were told the devil's going to get you in there for being wicked and you know this he became an alcoholic and he used to have nightmares of the devil coming for him and all that and I think that is really wicked because the devil doesn't come from the bible you know that that's awful you know and and the other thing I do not understand because I love Jesus and I love his message because his message was of love and kindness and and of God you know we're all sons and daughters of God he was he was just one of them and and Buddha I, I think Buddha you know is full of kindness that's what was they tried to teach us but this I was brought up with this idea that if you were not saved you were lost forever and that's terrible because what about all the millions and millions of people who have lived on this earth before jesus was ever born you know i you know the great universal consciousness um would not abandon them you know just because they didn't hear of jesus or know him um it's all about love and what i've come to realize is when i came back all that mattered was love love is the only thing that matters that's everybody everybody Okay, that's what everybody's been saying um, so far that's been on my show. They have said that uh, the number one thing is to be kind and be loving to one another. That's all they say. That's all they have said. They said everything else. But it's not, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's not that easy um, to be non-judgmental. It's not that easy to... Hello, okay. Did we lose her? Oh, I think we did. Are you there, Kate? I think we lost her. Oh, we surely did. Um, but she had a fantastic story to tell us. And you can read, listen to her on the podcast because it's on demand. And uh, we can have more 
about her in a, later in the show. So, but anyway, but I do like to thank her. She was wonderful out of um, England, and uh, she's seen some amazing things. The earth, the you know, the experience of going through the tunnel, and the love that she felt going through that. And I do like to thank her very, very much. And for coming for listening to my show please listen to the phenomena nde.com and our show will be on demand thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day